Hoagie's Garage. We're both here, Tobe. We're both here today. Good thing we ain't doing it tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> hey, it was almost 50 today. You just got a picture on your phone that, like, south of Rock, Rock well, Valley, the, the fields, fields are showing, yeah. Jeez. Can't complain about that. But, no, we're supposed to get and, hammered and again tomorrow. It was actually a pretty good day, too. You remember them golf the calendars I sold you where you can win a gun every week from the... Yeah. My son-in-law, Chase, won one today. He did? Yep. So now I can no longer the guy I work with, I thought Mark. they were getting picked every Friday. No, every Wednesday. Oh, it's every Pay Wednesday. Pay attention, bud. I see. They'll notify you if you win. Yeah. But when I win? Can, uh, 243, a Ruger 243. Wow, that son of a gun. That's what I thought. I tried, I called him first because I found out about it to see if he'd trade me calendars. <laughs> he didn't want to trade calendars. He's like, why did I win? I said, I'm not going to say. I just want to know if you want to trade calendars or not. <laughs> but now that Mark that I work with who sells these to us or, you know, sells them for the golf course, I can't give him crap no more because I haven't won the previous time. So I give him crap that he didn't turn ours in or he put his name on them all. But now he must turn them in. He just so. keeps yours out, though. Well, it could be. Maybe yeah. He did say this is the only one he turned in. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. Oh, he anyway. better turn mine in. Otherwise, I'm definitely going <laughs> to. But, hey, tonight it's going to be a good one, Tope. Yeah, looking forward to it. I've been kind of wanting, you know, I listen to this guy's show all the time. Yeah. And I, it'll be fun to hear what he's got to say. You know, a little bit uh, about him. A, a guy that does way better at his job well, than what we do. Yep. Um, you know, maybe but, we could ask him for pointers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't go like this very much. Uh, uh, um, like if, I do. If, if I was gonna, how am I gonna word this? You know. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, we have Justin uh, Fiedler. Is it yep. Fiedler? Is that how you say yep. it? Dirt and Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily. The guy does it every single day. I have no idea how he does it. I know his are only like eight minutes, but we'll be curious to see how much time he yeah, puts in yeah. for an eight-minute show. Because he's got a lot of information in eight to 12 minutes, the yeah, average, yeah. I would I say. Mean, but. We just gab, you know, yeah. where he gives out really good information yeah. and everything yeah. else. So. He follows a lot of stuff. So, yeah. When we come back, Justin Fiedler, Dirt Tracker Daily. We would like to welcome our newest sponsor, Tanner Phillip Racing. TPR Carts is a family and veteran-owned operation. Their goal is to provide the best pick carts and products at an affordable price for the everyday racer. You can get anything from a crew chief cart, a self-lifting cart, um, basically a tow cart, you name it. They make high-quality stuff. Made in the USA, made right in Central PA, and I tell you what, I, I've only known Rich now for a little while, but he seems like an absolutely great guy. We love the fact that he's a sponsor, and I hope you guys take a look. Take a look at him on Facebook, Tanner Phillip Racing on Facebook, also tprcarts.com. Give him a look. They make great products. All right, we're back at the garage with Justin Fiedler. Um, Justin, um, give us a little info on yourself and what you all do or have done in the past. I mean, how much time do you got? I mean, that's, a, that's a long story. <laughs> well, well um, we don't need to talk, Justin. You now, can just have the floor. <laughs> we tell everybody nobody <laughs> wants to listen to us. Well, I, I mean, if people 
are listening to your show who don't know who I am. Um, I currently host uh, Dirt Tracker Daily and, and own DirtTracker.com. Uh, I spent 16 seasons as a tire changer at NASCAR. I worked for the World of Outlaws for seven years doing social media and web development stuff. Uh, I've been around racing my whole life. Um, yeah, I mean, like, th- there are any number of things that we can get into in there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, right now, you know, daily is, is pretty deep in the dirt racing world. And, you know, I spend three, four hours a day working on, on my daily shows and, and uh, try to keep up with as, as much stuff as I can. Uh, but, yeah, I f- feel free to ask whatever questions from there you guys, uh, guys want to ask. <laughs> so be- before we get into that, though, <laughs> I, I got to ask, how did you get into NASCAR? Um, actually I, uh, kind of followed my dad in, uh, my dad worked in the sport for almost 20 years as well. Um, when I graduated from college, he had kind of just gotten into the sport. He was a hauler driver and, and, uh, at the time was a catch can guy for a truck series team. And when I graduated college, I wasn't kind of ready to go be a nine to five guy just yet. Uh, and the story I always tell is that I said, if my old ass dad can go over the wall and be a pick, remember that I can definitely do it. <laughs> So uh, I came uh, back to Charlotte after after I graduated, and uh, there's a picker school uh, here near Charlotte that I went through, and uh, kind of off and running from there. And I got to I went to the pit crew school at the end of 2006, um, and then my first full season in the Cup Series was well, I got into the Cup Series at the end of 2010. So I was basically in the Cup Series from 2010 all the way up through last year. Okay, so I'm a football coach, so I got to know. So you go to this pit pit school or pit road school thing. How <laughs> how do they? I mean, are they timing you and say, "Oh, we want him," or how do teams go after you? I mean, that's are you recruited? How does that work? Well, it's it's different now. Back back then, it, you could kind of fight your way in, and I went through the pit crew school, and then it was you know networking to get opportunities. But yeah, I mean, like you have to be you have to do things quickly. You have to be able to be trusted and, and you have to perform when you get the opportunity. You know, a, a, a coach I had one time told me when you get your chance to shine, you better shine. And, and that's really how it is. You're, you're only as good as your last pit stop. Um, and so you, you kind of got to battle your way. And nowadays, you know, a lot of teams are recruiting ex pro athletes, ex college athletes, you know, a friend of mine that works at track house, he's on Daniel, on the front of Daniel Suarez's car, Josh Bush. He's got a super bowl ring cause he played for the Denver Broncos. Um, and so people like me who don't have, you know, college or professional sports experience, it's a lot more difficult to break in. But, you know, when I started, I went through the pit crew school with all, I think, 20 or, 20 or 25 guys. And I was really the only one out of my class that was able to make a career out of it. It was it's an incredibly difficult business that, you know, you think about, in, you know, in the cup series, there's only 40 spots at each, at each position. So, you know, for, yeah. for somebody like me, I was a rear tire changer for most of my career. I mean, there's only 40 spots. So it's like, if yeah. you don't have one of those 40 spots, it's pretty difficult. Did What's the closest you ever got to getting hit? I, I actually never got hit in my career. I came pretty close a couple of times. Um, I ended up, you know, kind of on some hoods and some different things like that. There was a, a time at Richmond uh, where Kyle Bush was pulling out around and, and uh, I didn't have anywhere to go and kind of basically had to put my hand up at the A pillar. And I always say, like, if you're going to get hit, get off of your feet because yep. Yep. You, you won't get injured that way. You'll just tumble. Um, and that was really about the closest time. I had some other close calls, but nothing super crazy. I had I had been in three or four pit road fires 
um, which people can go find videos and pictures on my social media accounts of. Um, so those were always not fun. Um, but yeah, never, never got hit, was pretty lucky. And, and really as a rear changer, there's only a couple of, of instances where it's possible really for you to get hit. Um, you know, under most circumstances, you're running out behind the car. And when you when you do have those opportunities to get hit, it's usually because people are pulling in or pulling out behind yep, yep. Uh, where you are. So it's it's much less likely that a, that a rear guy is going to get hit than a front guy. So since you brought up fire, I got to ask you this question. The, uh, Mark Dobmeyer uh, out in Arizona uh, kind of got his legs were on fire and stuff. Do you know anything about that? Do, do you know how that happened? Because we can't really find too much out there about that. I haven't seen a whole lot about it publicly other than what he's posted, and I, I right. haven't really inquired too much. Um, you know, there's some people I could probably reach out to know more, but um, I, I don't know any specifics about the situation other than what he's posted on social media. Sounds like the surgery went well with the grafting today and stuff like that. So prayers yeah, out to he, Mark. So Yeah, he's been snake bit, man. Like, you know, hurting his back a couple of years yep. ago, and now this deal, it sucks. Yeah, just just got back and was running good last year and yeah. now this again. So, But um, slipping back to the NASCAR just a little bit, you were saying, you know, now they're after the professional athletes, and, and I've never met you. I watch your podcast. You know, you're, you don't appear to be a big fella. Yeah, I'm not. I, you know, at I'm six foot, six foot one. I weigh probably 175 pounds. Yeah. Now you um, see them guys. They got them out there. They're 245, and you wouldn't want to get run into them. They'll you know, they'll wreck your car when you hit them. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it's really position based, though. Like on on you know, I spent the last five years on the 43 car at Petty, and our gas man Ian um, was an offensive lineman at Ball State. Um, you know, six two and, and you know weighed two seventy five, two eighty. When he played at Ball State, he, he played up around three fifteen. Um, but you know, not every position on pit road is needs that kind of size. And you know, for somebody like me as a tire changer, you know, I'm not carrying tires. I'm not you know slinging around a jack or you know a hundred yeah. pound fuel can on my shoulder. You know, I'm carrying an eight pound pit gun. Um, and so it's it's more about the consistency and accuracy and things like that for the tire changers. So, sure. you know, you don't normally see guys that are super big that are going to be tire changers. All right. So, so my next question is then, um, so you're in NASCAR for several years, 15, whatever you said, what mm-hmm. got you to switch to dirt then with your dirt tracker daily? So I, I, and actually I, I did this for a long time, like, uh, kind of did it side by side, but as a child, like the first races I ever went to were dirt races. My dad was a dirt racer in South Dakota. Um, and so like, I've always known about dirt racing and, and, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, I'm from Oregon and, and out there, the pavement culture is much bigger. Um, and so I grew up going to pavement races and my, you know, my dad was an Earnhardt fan. So NASCAR was kind of what we knew, but um i when we like kind of working in nascar i I had come to meet a whole bunch of different people and and um a friend of mine worked for the world of outlaws and in 2013 they were looking for somebody to come over and help with web development um and and work on the websites and do social media stuff and and i have a background in that as well and so i went over there and and basically was working for the world of outlaws and world racing group from monday through friday and then i was gone on the weekends you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pitting race cars, and then was right back to work again in the office on Monday. Yeah, that cool. kept you busy. So you said, yeah, you're... I, go yeah, ahead. I, I mean, I, I worked seven, seven days a week for almost a decade. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. 
You you said your dad raced in South Dakota, so we're right beside South Dakota. We're legitimately Lester's probably we're twenty minutes from Houston's. So yeah, my my dad's from Yankton. Okay, interesting. So, so what did he race? Uh, he, he raced beaters back in the you know okay. the nineteen seventies and stuff. He, he worked uh, he worked on some crews, and, and you know he's been to Hewsitz and and you know all those racetracks back there. Sure. Um, and I, I, on my Instagram, I think I have a picture of him standing beside a car, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, he, you know, he was always a race fan, and you know, obviously, you know, raced a little bit himself. And then you know, as we were growing up, kid, you know, as oh. kids, you know, we were always watching NASCAR on TV and and you know, going to races, you know, around where we live, where we could. And, and, um, I don't know, I don't know how deep you guys are into NASCAR, but Alex Bowman, uh, who drives for Hendrick, his yep. spotter is Kevin Hamlin and Kevin raced Northwest tour, like basically pavement, super late models. Um, and I got to be like real tight with Kevin when I was like, when I was 15, 16 years old, I actually like built his website and, and we used to go watch him race every week. And so, you know, kind of got to, you know, be friends with Kevin and then watch him kind of grow his career. And he was a development driver for Ganassi for a long time and then has now transitioned the last, you know, 10 years or whatever and be a spotter. And he spotted for Casey Kane and uh, a bunch of people. But, uh, but yeah, we used to go watch Kevin race and, and, you know, dad was kind of like, you know, the one who was like, all right, we're going to get up on Sundays. And, and, you know, in, in Oregon, like we get up on Sunday mornings and watch races. It wasn't Sunday afternoons yeah, like it is yeah, in the yeah. East, but, but yeah, like, you know, I remember getting up on, on Sunday mornings and watching races with my dad and, and uh, yeah, he, he's been a race fan his whole life. And, and like I said, he worked in NASCAR for a long time too. All right. Now, I'm reading between the lines here, but he said he was 15 or 16. He was doing a website development thing. That must be why he's got, the live podcast thing, and you and me are just doing this little recording thing. We don't know how to do any of that we, fancy yeah, stuff. We don't. Yeah, we're kind of old. So. I tell everybody, I got a smartphone. I use one percent of the capabilities of it. So, <laughs> oh, well, let's let's get into what you are doing now. So, this when did Dirt Tracker Daily start, and how did you get that ball rolling? So when I was working for World Racing Group, I had taken some classes just to kind of advance my coding knowledge and things like that. And, and uh, I had to do, for one of them, I had to do a final project and I, and I didn't want to just build something and have it and turn it in and be the end of it. I, I wanted to build something that would kind of live on. So I ended up building and, and the website came first. So dirttracker.com was the first thing. And, and initially I was kind of thinking about like a J ski, but for dirt racing where you could just go somewhere and just find out all the news and stuff that you wanted to find out. And so I built dirttracker.com and dirttracker.com is completely automated. Like I don't do any work at that website on a daily basis. Like the news and stuff that you find there on the front page, um, you know, the, the, the streaming schedule, the podcast links, all of that stuff is all automated. I don't do any of it. There's code that runs every day that scrapes all of the information, saves in a database, and it's all like it just handles itself. So that was my project. Kind of like us, though. Yeah, 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 just like us. That's how we do <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, but, but like my podcasting and stuff, like I had been doing that for quite a few years because me and Ross uh, Weiss at World Racer Group had started the Open Red podcast. Okay. We started doing that in 2016, I think. And so, you know, and over the years, you know, if anybody's been around listening to podcasts for any reasonable amount of time, you know, that we did the Carl Kinzer episode and, you know, yep. it was the first time anybody had heard from Mark Kinzer in a really long time. And we interviewed Larson and Christopher Bell and Steve Kinzer. And, I mean, like we had, you know, a who's who basically of sprint car drivers. And by the time I had left, we'd actually had every single champion of the World of Outlaws on the podcast at some point. That's cool. Um, 
and so we had done that for a really long time. And I, like, so I, I had interest in, in doing it anyway. And, and when COVID kind of started, like, I, I guess it was a little bit after, uh, or a little bit before COVID, but I was still actually working for world racing group at the time. And I was like, I'm, I, I want to see if a daily thing would work. And so I started doing, you know, these short episodes a couple of days a week and then ended up later that year leaving World Racing Group. And this was kind of like my my connection, my my way to stay, you know, as part of the dirt racing community after I didn't work at World Racing Group anymore. But it started out as I was just going to do podcast episodes and I was putting them on YouTube just because it was somewhere else to put them. And I hoped that it would help the podcast grow. But since then, the YouTube stuff has become so much bigger than the podcast to the point where, you know, I have, you know, some episodes of the podcast or some episodes of the show on YouTube that are doing 30, 40, 50,000 views and episodes of the podcast, you know, the same episode is doing a thousand downloads. It's, you know, it's many orders of magnitude larger at this point on YouTube. And it's just because of this discoverability of, uh, you know, YouTube, they say is the second largest search engine, you know, on the internet behind Google. Um, And so it was an opportunity for people because people listening to podcasts, it's really difficult to, find you know podcasts that you want to listen to which is part of the reason why i have all the dirt stuff at dirttracker.com just so it's like one place where people can go find what's out there but but yeah I, I started doing the shows daily and and honestly it's really stupid to do them daily i would not recommend it um it's it's an insane amount of work i like i said i, I work three four five hours a day to produce an eight minute show um and i don't do i don't do any editing i i have software that has i just load all my graphics in and i just do it in one shot and upload it because i'm already spending way too much time doing the research and and all of that stuff and watching races and and keeping up with the stats and all of that stuff so uh it's it's an insane amount of work but i it's really fun i like it um you know the the response from the community has been great and you know all of the people that are racers or work at racetracks or work at series you know the messages that i get from them is is like super satisfying when you when you kind of hit on something and you know people like what you're talking about or even if they don't like what you're talking about you know maybe you know maybe they are you know you, you strike a nerve though either way and it's you know i think certain things need to be talked about that you know certain people may be afraid to talk about that i don't have to worry about um, because I don't have connections anywhere anymore. And I, you know, I catch hell sometimes because, um, I, I, I worked for the world of outlaws. So people think that I kind of lean that direction and that's fine. Um, but like, I don't, I don't ask anything of anybody. I don't need, like, I don't need pit passes. I, you know, I pay for all the streaming services. Um, you know, if I go to a racetrack, like when I went to world finals, like I'll buy pit passes. I don't, I don't need access. I don't need anything from anyone. So it's like, I'm not afraid to say what I think of that makes people angry then i guess so be it well if you say anything (laughs) in the world today you're gonna piss somebody off (laughs) oh yeah and that's very true i I mean i just scroll the comments on any one of my videos yeah i mean you can off all the time yeah you can work walk outside say hey look the sun's shining today and somebody's gonna be pissed about it so (laughs) yeah somebody and they're gonna tell you that you're wrong that yeah Yeah, that's just the way that's just the nature of the beast so yeah Hey, Justin, we're going to come. We're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, Side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, They also do coolers and 
they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. All right, we're back with Justin. So the setup you have, Justin, is this um, for your podcast, YouTube, is this all in your house or where do you go somewhere for that or how do you do all this? Yeah, no, it's all in my house. I have a um, kind of a, a bonus space that I actually share with my son as his kind of playroom and, and stuff. Um, and I have basically two desks and I'm like in a corner. Everybody was like, looks like you're in a closet. And the room is actually quite large. I just kind of <laughs> confined myself to this corner. Um, but yeah, no, I have, uh, uh, you know, my camera, my microphone, all that stuff is mounted. I don't have to like take everything out, put everything away every day. It's, um, it's actually kind of, you know, mounted nicely. And, and I, I don't do like, I'm not smart enough or good enough at this point to just do this stuff kind of winging it. Uh, so I actually write a full script every single day and I have a teleprompter. Um, it's just makes things a lot easier, a lot faster. And like I said, I don't do any editing, so I don't, I can't really afford to have like big screw ups. So it's just easier to have the script. And then, and what I've discovered is, is I put the script on the website as well. Just, you know, if you, if people want to go read it and I, and I do actually have quite a few people who, instead of watching my show, just go read what I put up every day. No, no, it's um, not happening. And so, yeah. And like, it's good too, because, you know, the, there are quite a few people out in the, you know, the race community that are older and maybe they're hard of hearing or, you know, yep. it's nice to be able to have that option for them to be able to, they can still consume the show and keep up with what's going on and they don't have to worry about listening to it or, or watching it if that's not, you know, something they can do. I like how you said he's got it scripted. What have we asked? Actually, probably three of the questions you've written down so far. The rest of them we just make up as we go. <laughs> so I got to ask then, if you're putting in four or five hours a day on this, and you obviously, you know, you have a son, so I'm assuming mm -hmm. he's got strict orders not to go to your corner of the room. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a, a day job then, or is this, are you getting by just doing this? Well, so actually I ended my NASCAR career, you know, end of last season, um, just, you know, it was one of those things where I, I had always told my wife, I'm, I'm going to do it until it's not fun anymore. And, and, yep. you know, just kind of burned out on it and, uh, I, I can still do it at a high level. I, you know, I continue to prove that to myself, but just, just ready to do something different. Um, and so actually the last couple of months I've been doing a bunch of schooling and classes online, um, kind of working on a career change and actually that, you know, the, some of the stuff that I do for dirt racing and around the, the dirt tracker website, there's a whole analytics section there, like yep. all the, all the dirt racing stats and stuff. And I, that's kind of the direction I want to go for kind of my next version of myself is, is, uh, you know, data science and data analytics. So I've been doing a lot of, of courses and projects and things like that to get myself ready kind of for a career change. Um, and so like when I, I get up in the mornings and, and, you know, put the shows together and do all of that stuff and then spend the afternoons and the evenings kind of working on coursework. So um, I do make money off of Dirt Tracker. It's not a ton. Yeah. Um, somebody asked me the other day how much I make. And, and uh, I said, I think over the three and a half years I've been doing this, I think I'm paying myself about 50 cents an hour. Um, so, <laughs> 
I'm not getting rich off of it by any stretch of the imagination. And, and honestly, like a lot of the money that I do make, I've invested back in the show and I have, you know, photographers that I support. Um, and, you know, if you see photos on my show, more than likely I paid for them. Um, I, I got a bunch of guys that, that I try to help out as much as I can. And, and, you know, I've done sponsorships, I've sponsored events, I sponsored Tanner Holmes at the Chili Bowl this year. Yep. Um, and so it's like, I want to, you know, give back as much as I can. Um, and as much as I'm able, so, you know, as this thing grows and as, you know, revenue kind of gets better and, you know, if I can sell some more merch and things like that, I would like to continue to kind of up my involvement in some of those other areas as well. Yep. It's basically the same thing we're doing. We're doing it because we're having a lot of fun. We get to learn, we get to talk to a lot of people, you know, the little bit of money we do have coming in, you know, we're sponsoring what, seven different vehicles this year. Yep. Sprint cars, late models. I'm a Go race fan. I'm going to be watching these races anyway. Like yeah. I'm going to be keeping up with what's going on anyway. Yep. You know, it's like if I can, if I can add value, if I can, you know, give people some place to go talk and learn about things, and I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, it's just I just I just enjoy it. I mean, that's just, yeah, for sure. It's just fun. So I I do need to ask. So like when you were talking about um, building your own sprint car racing team for the world of outlaws or whatever it was. Um, you know, you were saying this much money for this and this much money, you know, that, that got a lot of people, even drivers talking like David gravel and other people. I mean, in a way that's kind of really good for you, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and I mean, <laughs> a, a lot of those people, you know, I, I already had relationships with or knew, um, you know, David is, you know, a guy we interviewed on open red and, and, you know, have been around him plenty. And I, and David, you know, his kind of brief foray into NASCAR, I mean, I was around for a lot of that. And, and, you know, some of the people he worked with at, at GMS racing and the truck series are people that I know really well. So, I mean, I, and I ran into David a few times at, at NASCAR races, uh, while he was, you know, kind of trying to get his feet under him there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, somebody, you know, gets a hold of things and starts talking about it and, and, and that's good. Right. And, and, oh, yeah. you know, I, I ended up having, you know, I, I put this this estimate together of, of what, you know, these teams are spending. And, and, you know, I said, like, you know, some of this stuff is just me flat guessing. Um, and I, I had reached out to some people that I know, you know, around the sport to try to help me get a better idea and, and um, you know, wanted it to be as accurate as possible. And the interesting thing was, was like the people that were telling me I was wrong, it turned into this whole conversation for the next whatever week or two. And I feel like because of me doing that episode, whether I was right or wrong, people learned more in that oh, week or two weeks about what these people are spending on these race teams than they had ever known before. Yeah. So, you know, just the starting of the conversation, I think, was was great. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, kind of getting an insight into into what these team owners are spending and, and how difficult it is and, and what it takes to really be competitive at the at the top end of the sport. Yeah, we had our guesstimates in our own mind, too, but it's fun to see the numbers you throw out there, you know, because we didn't consider all the aspects you know we just think motors and chassis and you know guess mm -hmm. what a hauler's got to cost and what yeah. to have and, and really it's 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 a wide range i mean you've got the guys at the top that are spending what they're spending but it can be done for quite a bit less oh and, yeah and, you know the shark racings of the world and the you know the craig kinsers of the world like those guys they know how to do it for a lot less money yep yeah yeah and like you said it it, it got people talking about your show I mean, it's no mm -hmm. different than us sponsoring a few cars. You know, we got our name on one in PA and one out in California. And, you know, just, just to get yourself out there so people listen to you. 
Yeah, and and you know, and really, like that's kind of the hard part about all of this, right? Is 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 dirt racing is so scattered, and and you know, there's not central places for things, and, and no, so it's no. like it can, it, it can be difficult for people to to keep up, and and you know, people are so siloed, right? You know, they maybe they go to Houston's weekly, but maybe they don't keep up with what's going on in Pennsylvania or in California, and it's like. You know, the 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 chance to be able to kind of show people that there's stuff that's really awesome happening kind of all over the country, I think, yep. is is really good. And, and it's not so much even about promoting myself as it is just about trying to educate people and, and, you know, bring more people in and, you know, have a place where people can can talk. It's, you know, it's great that it brings me notoriety for sure. But I think it's more important, you know, to to have a place where people can go learn things and ask questions and, and understand really what's going on. Yeah. That's why I listen to your show, just because you cover such a wide variety throughout the country. I mean, we got three TVs that we watch on the weekends, mm-hmm. but you know, you can't keep up with everything, and you cover so much for me that I I got to try. I can't remember it all the time. Half time by the time I get here on the weekend to tell them what I learned. Yeah. But <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, and the way I've always looked at this, right, is it's like a rising tide raises all boats, right? Like yeah. I, I have no problem promoting other podcasts, and like I've had people ask me about you know, doing other shows or, or, you know, should they get involved in podcasting or, or this and that, you know, what do we think about other shows? And like, I mean, we, like when we hosted open red, people would ask about how we felt about like winged nation, for example. And it's like, we don't look at, you don't look at other shows as competition. It's, it's, you know, I, I want you guys to do well. I want Steve and, and Wing Nation to do well. I want, you know, this new version of Open Red that Ross is doing to do well. It's like, there's enough time in the day when people are at work, you know, sitting at their desk or, or you know, working their factory jobs or driving trucks for them to listen to all sorts of shows. Like, you know, I'm not, oh, yeah. I don't want you to not listen to those things. And so it's like, if, if I can have somebody come to my show and discover your guys' show, I mean, that that's great. That's what we want. You know, we want we want people to, to be drawn in and, and, you know, to know that there's all sorts of resources out there and there's fun stuff to you know there's fun content being put out by all sorts of people well the more people you can get involved in racing the better it is for the whole industry yeah Yeah, absolutely you know you get more people you know you talk about a track or we talk to somebody from somewhere in the country and their tracks and somebody hears the show they might go watch it you know and it just it's better for everybody in the long run yeah and we can have fun doing it (laughs) that's right we've talked to people that we've never dreamed that we'd be able to talk to so and, and, you know, the good part about us, we do everything from trophy queens to track prep guys to yeah. announcers to yeah. we YouTube little, guys. The guy. <laughs> this is our first YouTube guy, though. <laughs> um, what Do you have any idea of who watches you the most? Like, is it, would you say it's more of the late model? Is it the sprint cars? Is it, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, do you know? by your comments and everything else who watches you the most i i don't know like you know specific numbers about you know kind of the cross section of race fans that watch uh i, I know it's pretty wide um you know f- from kind of all areas and and i catch how sometimes because i don't talk about you know modifieds enough or i don't talk about stock cars enough or, or you know some of the other divisions and things and so it's like you know it's funny you know people have this idea that that dirt racing fans are very segmented and and uh, you know on some level that's true but I, I think there's a lot and i think it's growing too that there's a lot more fans that are paying attention to you know multiple divisions multiple series you know not they're not just a wing sprint car guy or they're not just a super late model guy you know they're gonna they're gonna pull up their streaming service or that you know they're gonna head to their tracks each week and, and they're gonna watch the sprint cars but then you know hey when when the modifieds roll out they're gonna pay attention to those guys too and yep. and, and i think that's the important thing to remember is and and this is how i i look at racing like i i kind of get 
you know, pigeonholed a little bit. Everybody thinks I'm like a sprint car guy because, uh, you know, I worked for, you know, you, you hear the word of outlaws, you think about sprint cars and, and open red was very sprint car heavy, but, you know, I spent just as much time at World racing group working on, you know, the, the dirt car point system that, you know, the, the weekly racers are, you know, rely on and, and working on word of outlaws, late model stuff and, and the super dirt car series, big block modifieds like, and I try to keep up with all of it. And, and there is good racing happening regardless of car type. It doesn't, you know, that there are awesome super late model races. There are, there are oh, awesome, yeah. Some, you know, modified races. There are awesome Sprecher races, and there are crappy races from all divisions too. So, you know, and, and that's how I look at things. I, I don't, I don't necessarily care who wins. I don't necessarily care what the car type is. I just want to see a good race, and that doesn't matter if it's a midget or if it's a Formula One car or if it's NASCAR. I just like to see a good race. I, I agree a hundred percent with that. If if the racing's good, I don't care what. I mean, they can be racing a tricycle for all I care. If it's a good yeah, tight race, I'm happy with it. Yeah, and that's you know, Tobe and I. I mean. Rapid Speedway and Rock Rapids is like a three-eighths of a mile, and, and Husits is a smaller three-eighths, probably. Yeah, small three-eighths, um, I call it. But, you know, the thing is, there's always racing on that on those tracks. I mean, you mm-hmm. can always see, you know, racing somewhere, <laughs> because yeah, it's, it's all so tight together. It's well, just outstanding. I've said so. it several times before, um, that's a little bit what the problem I have, that ain't a problem, but I mean, like, Dirt Vision flow all them they you know they focus on the leader more mm-hmm. and the lead five if i'm at the race and the leader is ahead by five seconds i might be watching the guys running for 11th and 12th because they're oh, the ones sure. fighting it out yeah, oh yeah and you know well, that's I mean, what how, i want to watch do you have a hard charger go 19th to third yeah and, you know the, the the announcer doesn't talk about him till the last five laps yep till he gets up until there's the top a yellow five. and realizes that yeah he's up there, and so. I, exactly. I understand that exactly. i mean i get it but that's why I still love going to the races. Yeah. I mean, I, I love watching it on TV because we don't get access. To, you know, I'm not going to drive to Pennsylvania and to California to watch the races, but we can turn it on on the damn TV and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So that was going to be kind of my next question for you is, how many tracks do you actually go to to watch races? I mean, do you go to Eldora and Knoxville and, uh, you know, I, I believe you said you're at the World Finals, but uh, how many races do you actually get to go see? No, no, honestly, it hasn't been that many just because my NASCAR schedule has been so, you know, 30, 38 weekends a year. I was yeah. I was at a pave track somewhere, you know, working NASCAR stuff. So, you know, over the years, I've, I've been to Volusia quite a few times. You know, Charlotte is literally, I mean, I can hear the cars on track from my backyard. Um, so, I've, I've, you know, I've been to World Finals a bunch. I tried to go to Williams Grove to go to the National Open one year and it rained. Um, but, yeah, my, my, my kind of dirt racing like being able to go at the racetrack has has been pretty small i mean i haven't been to knoxville i haven't been to eldora and and now that i'm not working in in nascar that's kind of you know high on my list of things that i want to do is is to get out and and go see some of those tracks and see some of those races uh just because i i haven't been able to do that just because my my schedule has been so busy yeah well so, hey, if you do come down to Knoxville, maybe we need to do a podcast together or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, before we always end our deals here with these speed questions, they're really tough questions for you. You'll, you'll struggle with them, but I think you'll do all okay. right. But um, just one more time before we do that, give a rundown again of what you all have available out there with the podcasts and the YouTube and everything. And spell yes. Dirt Tracker. I think that's important that you spell that. Yeah, so Dirt Tracker is D I R T. R-A-C-K-R. So, you know, everybody wants to spell it, you know, with, with two T's. T's and E-R and all that. But and, and it's spelled stupidly like that because 
when I started it, I needed a website and I needed the Twitter account and I needed the Facebook and the Instagram and, and I needed all of those things to match. And so this was the way that I could do this and have everything match exactly the same. So D-I-R-T-R-A-C-K-R. Um, and it's, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Dirt Tracker. You know, Facebook is Dirt Tracker. Instagram is Dirt Tracker. YouTube.com slash Dirt Tracker. Everything is, is the same across platforms. But the show gets posted every single day to the YouTube channel. And if you are a podcast listener, you can get it on Apple and Spotify and iHeartRadio. And, and basically anywhere you get podcasts, it's available. Um, the website has news a daily streaming schedule the analytics section podcast listings you guys are on there um that's dirttracker.com and and you know twitter instagram facebook tiktok um you know basically if if it's online somewhere i probably have a presence there for dirt tracker and, and i appreciate us being on there cause it makes me smile every time i hear a name on your show <laughs> yeah well and that's what I say, you know it's like if, if i can help more people find you guys and, and listen to what you guys are doing like i'm i'm all for that and, and i do that every week on my show on wednesdays yep. you know i call out what you know the new podcast episodes are for the week you know from from the various shows so you know hopefully hopefully some of my audience is is gravitating towards some of the other content out there yeah no we we certainly appreciate that so um and if there's anything else after we talk here um do these rapid fires go ahead and shoot that out there but uh what's what's your favorite flavor of ice cream uh cookie dough cat or dog person dog um any hobbies outside of racing uh, yeah, I mean, all kinds of stuff. I, I play golf and, and, uh, you know, run around with my guy, me and him, we're just out front playing catch cause he's getting ready to start baseball. And, uh, you know, we're pretty active. We, we try to play basketball in the driveway and, and, you know, do all kinds of sports things when we can. Um, do you have a favorite movie? Um, favorite movie is tough. There's a lot I like, but I'll, I'll say Tommy boy. That, that is a good one. <laughs> Not so much right here or right here, <laughs> but, but right, 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 here. right here. <laughs> Uh, who is your favorite? What this is an old one. Yeah, we're going back in time here. Yeah, buddy. I'm gonna get rid of that one. Do you? Would you prefer snow or rain? Uh, rain. I'm from Oregon, so I I grew up in the rain. Oh man, I really downloaded the old <laughs> one here. We gotta figure out what questions we want here. Um, do you have a favorite place to go out to eat? Um, I don't know. I don't know one specific place. I mean, who doesn't love a good steakhouse? Yeah, that's always a good thing. Get a good steak, yeah. big old baked potato. Go yeah, out there I, miserable. I did that. Me and me and wifey did that here like a month ago. I, I was we were sitting around on a Friday night, and I was like, "Let's go drop the kid with mom and dad, and let's just go find a really good steakhouse." And and, and you know, there, there's nothing better than getting a big old fat dry aged steak and and a beer and hanging out. And besides that, you got brownie points with the wife. Exactly. <laughs> um, music question for you. If you were going to get stranded on a desert island, um, what type of music or genre of music would you want to have along to listen to? Jazz. Jazz. Yes. That's our second one of them, ain't it? No. Wasn't that um, um, Jacob Allen? Wasn't he into jazz? Or was... uh, no, he said classical. Classical. I oh, well, I was yeah. close. No, I love jazz. Actually, and it's part of the reason why I have, you know, my, my, my show has the horns. I, I love jazz. Okay. Um, how about a favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas, for sure. What app on your phone do you use the most? That might be Twitter. a tough one. Twitter. Easily Twitter. Twitter. I, I live on Twitter. I love Twitter. That's good. Um, we, we ask this one because a lot of people that we do are, are race car drivers, but how many speeding tickets do you have? Um, I think four. Oh, that's not bad at all. But we've had yeah. some in the 50s. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no. 
<laughs> it's it's four or five. It's not many. And and you know, as 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 I've gotten older, I, I I'm am in a lot less of a hurry to get places. So it's uh, and, and the problem the for me was. I, you know, as a kid, and actually, I, I still own the first car I ever bought. It's it's at a storage lot here, not far from my house. But I, I had a '75 Chevelle uh, oh. that I drag raced. Uh, you know, 350, and you know, I you know, I spent too much money on engine parts and dual exhaust and all of that. So I, I used to get in trouble in that sometimes. But then, here more recently, I I owned Subarus and I owned a red Subaru for a while. So I would get attention because I owned a red Subaru. But now I don't own a red Subaru anymore. So I kind of own more of an adult car so i don't get i don't get recognized or, or noticed nearly as much <laughs> so the 72 is that the car you kept in the, the, your first car yeah yeah the the malibu is, yep. is yeah I, i've i've owned that car i mean that was my first car when i turned 16 okay I, I, I still have it to this day my first car i drove that thing rusted away we had to park it <laughs> <laughs> but um what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway then without getting caught um or getting caught i guess no, I like the times I got speeding tickets were actually like really stupid. Like my first speeding ticket was for doing 32 and a 20. So it's oh, not, geez. I haven't gotten any real bad speeding tickets. I mean, the fastest I've probably gone is maybe 130, maybe. Yeah, that's fast. Not that me. fast. You, um, you have a favorite drink, alcoholic, just whatever. We don't care. Uh, I'm normally a beer guy. If I'm going to go liquor, it's usually rum and Coke or, or some, some, some rum drink or, you know, on the yep. rocks or something. And maybe you, since you have your car that you had when you were 16, but if you had all the money in the world, is there a certain car that you wish that you could own? Um, I mean, it's probably like, uh, you know, a 67 Malibu or, you know, like a 69 Camaro, something in yep. that, you know, in that range around in there. I, I mean, my, you know, my dad was a car guy, you know, obviously being a race fan, you know, and he grew up in that, you know, in the heyday of, of muscle cars. And so, you know, muscle car culture is, is what we grew up in, which is why I still have the car that I have. But, um, but yeah, no, something from, from that, from that area, probably. Yeah, they're, they're, that's a nice area to buy a car in. That's for <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. Hey, is there is there anything else you want to mention before we let you go? I don't think so. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you guys are doing a great job, and and honestly, I'm surprised how many interviews interviews you guys are able to put out a week. I, it's I feel like it's hard sometimes to get one out a week, and you know, watch you guys do a couple. It's like, man, you guys really got to figure it out. <laughs> you mentioned that the other day in your podcast. How sometimes somebody asked you why you don't do interviews anymore and you said it's tough to get people lined up and committed yeah and it's went, a pain in the ass yeah and I you said, got that right i said that yeah, butt has that problem i don't have that problem i just get the numbers and hand them out uh, hey uh yeah, honestly the, the last couple of interviews i've done i mean i think except the dylan Sheba one for speed lab but like the brad sweet one brad came to me um you know the kevin rumley thing kind of got dropped in my lap but you know the, the ones that i've done here lately are, are ones that i hadn't didn't really have to go get well that's a plus yeah, I'm not against doing the interviews. I, you know, they're they're fun to do. I certainly enjoy doing them. I just get tired of people not calling you back and all that <laughs> stuff. You know, you guys know how it is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, we'll do that, and then you don't hear back from them. Yep. Yeah, so. and then you never hear from them again. That's right. That's right. There's It'll actually a, a really prominent industry person who I, I will not mention here because I don't want to put him on blast. But I asked him like three years ago to do my show. And he was like, yep, yeah, no problem, I'll do it. And then the day of, you know, 
sent him the message, Hey, let's do this. And never heard anything back from him. And then literally this last week I was messaging with him and he was like, Hey, when am I going to get to do your show? And I was like, I tried to get you on my show like three years ago and you ghosted me. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about there, but, um, Hey, when I let you go here, you stay on the phone just for a minute. I want to ask you something. So, but thanks so much for coming on and we really appreciate it. Yeah, nope. Have a, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Vulcan's Brothers Trucking. Complete livestock hauling. A load with us is a load off your mind. Since 1979. Call Trim at 800-831-8553. That's Vulcan's Brothers Trucking. Um, call Trim at 800-831-8553. And thank you, fellas, for being part of our show. Hey, Tobe. He's way better than we are. Well, yeah, we, we knew he wasn't. He was going to be a good talker, obviously. But oh. Maybe he said his is all scripted. Maybe we should try that once. You know, you do have questions, but I don't follow them what very well. What the hell are you thinking? We are not well, going to script. We 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 talked at the intro about how we could if we'd ask him if we could make our show better, which we didn't ask him. But the thing that amazes me is how many more people watch YouTube. Yeah. You know, if anything else, maybe we should throw up a stupid iPad here and throw this on YouTube. We're just going to give a picture of the garage, though, not us, right? Oh, no, us. No, we want to look at us. They don't want to listen to us half the time, but... I don't know. I'm just saying... Well, that's up to you, because I can't do it. <laughs> I can just sit here and talk, so... Oh, nobody wants to see us. But maybe I, we'll I, just have to throw one out and see who laughs at us or who listens. I, I, I have had people say, "Is there any way you could do it on YouTube?" But you know, some people are just way more comfortable doing things on the computer rather than doing a podcast. Yeah, you know. But uh, I don't care. I guess. Yeah, we love what we're doing, so I don't see us changing none too quick. Eh, well, let's try uh, it once. Yeah. What's one time? Throw What's it out there. See what happens. Yeah. Well, if, we talked about having like. Uh, the MedStar crew come, you know, they'll all try and oh. get a bunch of the guys in our shop here and our garage and, uh, you know, try and do one together. That would, that would maybe be a fun one to do together and see yeah. it that way. But Or if we get something lined up when we go to the nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we, you know, see who, see what happens. Yeah. We're not going to promise nothing, but anyways, Justin did a great job. A lot of fun. Nice guy. So so thankful for Justin being willing to come on our show. That was that was outstanding for him or for us, not yeah. for him, I'm sure. But uh, um, we really appreciate it, and um, yeah, we'll be back for another one here after a little bit.